Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. What's up, everybody? A little late. Sorry about that, but we're off and running on this rainy, miserable Monday morning. But glad to be with you guys nonetheless, even though the weather stinks outside. We got a lot to talk about today, mostly centered around bowl games, though. We got the playoff yesterday. Not surprised at what it was. In fact, there really was no other option. If they didn't seed it this way and rank it this way, there would have been a pretty significant problem, honestly. If they did it any other way besides this one, it would have been an issue. But they got it right, and uh, they deserve credit for that. Because when somebody gets something right, you should at least praise them, even though uh, they really had it handed to them. Doesn't matter. We'll look at all the other bowl games. Uh, Ole Miss going to the Sugar Bowl, as we knew, as we expected. Mississippi State going to the Liberty Bowl. Obvious storyline with Mike Leach. Uh, The last place that fired him. Uh, is going to be his opponent in the bowl game. Going back to the Liberty Bowl Stadium, hopefully for State, it goes a little bit differently than it did this season. Uh, Texas Tech had their coach fired, and yet here they are. It's, a, it's amazing what college football has become. They were on their way to a bowl game to play an SEC team, and yet their coach still got fired. And uh, Quinn Ewers is apparently going to be visiting Lubbock this weekend. If they can sign him, that's a big deal. But ah, whatever, you know, that doesn't really matter. We'll look at uh, all the other SEC-involved bowl games. And then I know people are going to ask, because I've been asked, and I don't really know, but I'll tell you the the latest, if you will, if there is any latest from uh, from the Jeff Levy thing. Because I know a lot of people are curious uh, about that. So a bunch to talk about this morning. And again, I'm glad to see you guys. My name, by the way, is Michael Borky. It is, uh, you know, right above my head. So I'm sure you put one and two together. But if you're a first time watcher or if you're watching on Twitter, uh, you cannot comment. And I'd love for you to. I mean, we had a good time uh, Saturday night uh, just letting you guys drive the conversation. So if you want to do that here every morning, you got to hop on over to YouTube or Facebook. So find me on YouTube. Just search my name. Uh, you can find it there. Like the video as well, but subscribe is the most important thing. Subscribe to the YouTube channel or like the Facebook page if you're a Facebook user. And wherever you get your podcasts, uh, my name or Mike in the morning should turn up results. So, college football player. Are you excited about this? I've seen some, uh, I don't want to call it negativity. I I don't know what to call it. I I guess there's a lack of enthusiasm because most people believe that we're headed towards an Alabama-Georgia rematch. Now here, around here, people are intrigued about that. That's compelling to me. Although I'm, honestly, I kind of have Bama fatigue, to tell you the truth. Them winning another championship does nothing for me. If Michigan somehow beats Georgia and it's Alabama-Michigan, I'm a little bit more intrigued than a Georgia-Alabama rematch. I I don't know. I'm straddling the fence here, and I shouldn't be. I'm more interested than it seems like outside of the Southeast is. A lot of people really, 
really don't want that rematch. And uh, those are probably the two best teams in the country, and so you're probably going to get it. But are you excited? Are you excited about these playoffs? Uh, Does this compel you or does this grab you at all? I I saw the model, as most of you probably have, where uh, what the 12-team playoff would look like if that was implemented this year, and that is so much more exciting to me. Let me uh, let me find that. Let me find that for you, and I'll show it to you. Uh, th- this would be so much more exciting. This uh, Ross Dellinger put this together. Uh, I'll share this for you so you can see it as well. Uh, this is what the 12-team playoff would look like if it were implemented right now. Tell me how much more exciting this is than Alabama, Cincinnati, Georgia, Michigan being the only playoff games we get. Now, there's rematch here and here, so maybe they would have altered the uh, the rankings to, to fit that. But still, you can't tell me that this is not more exciting than what we're currently getting. This you can't tell me that this is not more exciting than what we're currently getting. And if you're listening in podcast form, I'll just tell you what it is. Alabama being the one seed, Michigan two, Cincinnati three, Baylor four. Remember, the format would be a little bit different than uh, than just the top four teams. It would be you have to win your conference championship. So Georgia would not be one of the first teams in. Or excuse me, one of the teams that would get the bye because you would have to win your conference as currently proposed. So Alabama the one, Michigan the two, Cincinnati the three, Baylor the four. Alabama would play the winner of Ole Miss and Oklahoma State, which would be a fun football game with playoff stakes on it. Baylor would play the winner of Georgia and Pittsburgh. Now, you would probably think that would be a bloodbath. Maybe it would, but Kenny Pickett is a gamer. He's a baller, and uh, Georgia would have their hands full, I think. With, uh, with that Pittsburgh offense. That's just my opinion. It, I could be wrong. I think they would have their hands full a little bit with that Pittsburgh offense. Picking against that defense is fun, though. It's compelling. A rematch of Ohio State-Michigan State put me to sleep. I think it would go the same way, but, you know, sometimes that'll happen. Notre Dame-Utah, or, and by the way, as it's currently ranked, Ohio State and Michigan State's winner would play Michigan. And Notre Dame-Utah, which would be a hell of a football game, would play Cincinnati. You cannot tell me that this would not be more fun, that this would not be better. It is better. It would be more fun than what we currently got, but at least the committee got it right. And so we'll start with those, and I'll share that for you as well. I'm sure you've seen all these already, but here are the bowl games. I'm just using CBS's list for whatever it's worth, but the committee got it right. They simply got it right because there was no other option. Alabama being the one seed with their win over Georgia. Uh, among the playoff teams, they have the best win on this list. Uh, perfectly fine, even with their loss to AM being the number one overall seed. I don't really think there's an argument to be made otherwise. Uh, Michigan, the two, they have the next most impressive win on this list with that win over Ohio State, in my opinion, although Cincinnati has an argument with uh, with Notre Dame, but whatever, you get my point. Georgia has spent the year as the best team in the country. and I'm fine with this. I mean, the rankings are fine. There is really no argument to be made otherwise. Alabama definitely deserved the one. Uh, Michigan definitely deserved the two. I'm perfectly fine with Georgia at three and Cincinnati at four. And yes, 
there's possibility or is a possibility for a rematch. And yes, there are going to be people that would complain about getting a rematch here. And, and I, I wouldn't like it either. I, I don't, I don't want to see it. I'd rather somebody else win. I would rather Michigan beat Georgia or hell, even Cincinnati beat Alabama. I don't know. I just, I like some diversity in who is in my playoffs. However, you really can't complain that much about a rematch because both of these teams have to earn it. You know what I mean? They have to earn it. And I would much rather get a rematch in a championship where both teams have to win a playoff game before they get to the rematch than if the committee would have made it right now. Does that make sense? I would rather have a rematch that is earned as opposed to the committee deciding, oh, we want to see that game again. If Alabama and Georgia play each other in the national championship, it's because those two teams were clearly the best two in college football and they earned their way to that rematch. I'm fine with it shaking out like that. Am I going to kind of complain about it? Yeah, sure. I'm, yeah, I'm going to complain about it a little, but at least they would have earned it. You know, you've got to get through Michigan, which I don't know if Michigan has the offensive firepower to, uh, to beat Georgia, but it's a good team. They dominated Ohio State. They won the Big Ten. If Georgia gets through that, they deserve their chance at the national championship. If Alabama beats Cincinnati, who's one loss in two years, is two points to Georgia in a bowl game after beating Georgia in the SEC championship, Alabama deserves it as well. And those are clearly the two best teams in college football. So uh, committee had to do it this way. And uh, the committee got it right because they didn't, uh, they didn't really have a choice. They didn't really have a choice. Zach saying Michigan and Cincy finals all the way. I'd rather that. I, I would rather that. Sadly, I, I don't think that's, uh, that's going to happen. Patrick saying, well, I'm officially broke after booking hotel rooms and tickets. It's definitely going to be more expensive than the last Sugar Bowl. Yeah, damn inflation, right? <laughs> Everything's more expensive now. Um, yeah, I have a feeling, and I, I could be wrong about this. Maybe I am. I, I said this on Saturday night. I, I, I could be wrong. I think, unless the COVID restrictions, which, by the way, y- you don't have to wear a mask inside the Superdome. And their checks are are very lax. Like, it's not really a thing. Uh, and unless that's going to scare people away, there, I think there will be more Ole Miss fans at this Sugar Bowl than the last one. I think there will be. I, I'm guessing somewhere around 50,000 people in that stadium will be Ole Miss fans, I think. I think you're going to have basically a home crowd or what would be a home crowd for you in Oxford at this game. I mean, it works out perfectly. It's New Year's Day. It's a close drive for most people. I mean, you can make day trips. I mean, hell, if you live in Jackson, for example, you don't have to find a place to stay to go there. It's the same distance between Oxford and New Orleans, basically. So you can make a day trip out of it if you want. I don't know. Everything just has really really worked out for this to be a massive crowd on top of fan excitement. You know, Kiffin signs his new deal. Matt Corral is going to be playing in the game. At least that's what he said. And there's no reason to believe he won't. I mean, I saw the excerpt on ESPN yesterday that they just, they were assuming that Corral plays. And I think that's a safe assumption. He has said himself he's going to play. So 
first 10-win regular season in school history, the Sugar Bowl, New Orleans, New Year's Day, and you get to see your first-round pick quarterback play one more time, the crowd is going to be insane on top of Kiffin signing his extension. It's going to be insane. And uh, enjoy yourselves down there. Brian Yeti says, good morning. Good morning to you. Glad to see you. Um, we'll get to this right now, actually, Patrick. Why not? Then we'll uh, we'll continue with the bowl games in a second because I think this is on the top of, according to my Twitter mentions, this is on the top of some state fans' minds as well as the future of Jeff Lebby at Ole Miss. Patrick's asking if, uh, if Ole Miss goes after Joe Brady if Jeff Lebby leaves, which is looking more likely that he is. Yeah, I mean, when Chris Lowe, who is as fair and, and connected and good as he is, repeatedly says that Jeff Lebby is the target, is the main target for uh, for Oklahoma, then you should probably assume that that's going to happen. I had some people tell me yesterday that uh, it, it would be a bad decision. It's a lateral move, whatever. It doesn't make sense. He's definitely not leaving, and, and I, I disagree with that, even if he does stick around. I mean, the word is that Ole Miss gave him a pretty aggressive offer to stay, north of $2 million possibly. But the word is also Oklahoma's going to go even higher. Uh, but but here's the thing. Uh, right now, w- first of all, it's his alma mater. And that's a draw to some people. It's not as much of a draw to, to others. Uh, some people really, really love where they went to school. I don't know if that's Jeff Levy. I have no idea. I, I don't know. But... Getting to coach where you were educated is meaningful. It matters. Alma maters matter to people, and maybe Jeff Lebby is one of those guys. Also, it's possibly more money. And also, it is complete and total, entire, full autonomy of an offense at a place like Oklahoma where you can really get good players, right? I mean, even though Lincoln Riley's gone, I suspect uh, that they're going to continue to get really uh, high-profile players. It's a national brand. It's a it's a great job. It's a great place to coach football. Um, but right now, even if because I had some people tell me that right now Lebby has full autonomy of the offense, I wouldn't say that. Is he the play caller? Yeah. Is he the offensive coordinator? Not just in name only, like in function. Sure. But but there's a reason Lane Kiffin has a play sheet. You, you know what I mean? There's there's a reason that he has a play sheet. And every time Ole Miss offensively does something good, it's, wow, Lane Kiffin's offense with his guy Jeff Levy, but Lane Kiffin's offense, he wants to play in Lane Kiffin's system. Matt Corral was developed by Lane Kiffin. You get my point, right? It's Even if it's not founded in reality, even if it's not founded in reality, even if Ole Miss's offense is exclusively Jeff Lebby's, which is not true, but even if it was, the credit goes to Lane. If he goes to Oklahoma, everything that they do offensively will be Jeff Levy. And I think that that's meaningful to some people. Getting out under somebody's shadow when you do all the work, getting out from under somebody's shadow is appealing. Trust me. That's very appealing to get out from underneath somebody's shadow, especially. Anyway, it's very appealing. It's uh, even if behind the scenes, it's not the case. Brent Venables is a defensive guy. If Oklahoma scores touchdowns, it's all because of Jeff Levy. 
If Oklahoma develops a quarterback, it's all because of him. So you might have a situation where it's alma mater, more money possibly, and 100% of the credit and recognition will go to you. I don't know if that's the lateral move that some people want to keep calling it. That seems really appealing to me. It doesn't mean he doesn't like where he's at. I'm sure he loves where he's at. He's coaching the SEC. He's making a, a, a killing, making a ton of money, and he's coaching in the SEC West and doing really good. I'm sure he's very happy. But all of those things are really appealing. So if, in fact, that's how it goes down, if he does leave for Oklahoma, it's perfectly understandable. I, I mean, I, I don't think that you could be anything other than then, you know, happy for the guy. That's just me. I don't know. I mean, tip your cap and say, thanks, coach, and uh, good luck at your alma mater, and uh, Kiffin, go hire the next guy. I think it's really that simple. He's he's done a great job at Ole Miss. He's done an exceptional job at Ole Miss. But if you guys are doubting Lane Kiffin's ability to hire a young offensive mind that will come in and help him win games... I don't think any of you are doubting that, but if you are doubting that, I would in- encourage you not to. Tucker says there's some rumor that Oklahoma is looking at Brady for what it's worth. They better be. Everybody better be. I saw people yesterday, Tucker, I swear. I saw people yesterday say that Joe Brady is overrated and it wasn't his offense at LSU. I mean, okay, let's unpack that for a second. Joe Burrow was at LSU before Joe Brady got there. Remember? So LSU's offense, before Brady got there, with the same personnel, average, fine, average. Joe Brady gets their best offense in SEC football history. Same personnel, same quarterback, best offense in SEC football history. Joe Brady leaves, they regress back to the mean, and Ed Orgeron gets fired a year and a half later. Yeah, when people try to say that, oh, it it wasn't Joe Brady at LSU, then why did Ed Ordron hire his next OC based on what Joe Brady told him to do? What what are we talking about here? And then he goes to the NFL and uh, is dealt a terrible hand. Christian McCaffrey cannot stay healthy, and his quarterbacks are, I love Teddy Bridgewater, but he's got Bridgewater behind a bad offensive line with bad wide receivers, and then Sam Darnold. And they were still fine offensively, and yet Matt Rule still fires him. If you are a college program who is looking for an offensive coordinator and you do not try to get Joe Brady, you're foolish. You are foolish if you don't do that. And this small narrative I've seen about how, no, it wasn't his offense at LSU and he's not very good, give me a break. Give me a break. That, that, is, that is so, that's not rooted in reality. Because LSU was here, Brady comes, same personnel, here, Brady leaves, back down to here. Why do you think that is? There were people in NFL circles last year that wanted to hire him as their head coach. You you think that that guy can't help your offense? Apparently is a a very meticulous planner as well. Trust me. uh, Oklahoma would be foolish not to look at him. Ole Miss should do everything in their power to try to hire him. Uh, If it means they pay more than Levy, honestly, I I think Jeff Levy's great. He's worth more than Jeff Levy. So if you've got to 
get up over two and a half, approach three, whatever, do it. I mean, you're already paying your head coach seven and a half million. You're putting 400 into, into facilities. What's an extra million five anyway, right? Pay the man if that's what it takes. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. They should. If I'm Brent Venables, I'm absolutely trying to hire him. If I'm Brian Kelly, I'm absolutely trying to hire him. Although, uh, like I said about Levy on Saturday, I wouldn't want to work for Brian Kelly. That's that's just me. Um, if Alabama does decide to move on from Bill O'Brien, that's, I mean, that's who I'd be going after. If I were Ole Miss, I'd be going after him hard if Jeff Levy does leave, which it hasn't happened yet. I haven't seen an update. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Um, I mean, there are easily explainable reasons why both situations would happen, truthfully. Uh, easily explainable situations. So I don't know what he's going to do. The prevailing thought is that he's going to leave. I mean, Kiffin in his press conference yesterday even said that they may lose one. So he's seemingly expecting it. Uh, I imagine that Joe Brady has been contacted already. I mean, unless Lane Kiffin's a moron, uh, which I don't think he is. He's a little out there, but I don't think he's stupid. Uh, I am sure that they've already been in contact engaged interest i'm sure he's already talked to graham harrell engaged interest and and maybe there's somebody else out there hiding that that you know we're not privy to yet but anyway long-winded way to say yeah i'm not surprised that oklahoma would be reaching out to him I, i would be too i would be too Joseph's asking, do you keep the same philosophy on offense if levy leaves i'd say yes with a stable of running backs and possibly landing zach evans uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll do very similar things. Again, not everything Ole Miss does is Jeff Levy. Now, a lot of it is, but not everything that they do is Levy. It, we we got to remember what Lade Kiffin is, you know. Um, I had somebody ask me yesterday, well, well, shit, what does Ole Miss do in the bowl game? What do you mean, what do they do in the bowl game? Kiffin calls the plays. What do you mean, what do they do? Like, are, are you really worried about that? I mean, a guy that <laughs> won a national championship at Alabama with a running back playing quarterback, and you're <laughs> you're worried about that? You're worried about what your offense is going to be in the bowl game with Lane Kiffin as your head coach? Are you kidding me? Uh, it, well, it depends, really. Uh, they'll cater their what they do to personnel. It's clear that they are very willing and able to be flexible on both sides of the ball. Ole Miss didn't want to run a 3-2-6. That wasn't something that they just were like, oh, we got to do it. So we're going to run this, and our personnel needs to fit. It was lacking on the defensive line, not very deep at linebacker, got a bunch of guys in the secondary that can play. So defense has got to change. Got to run the 3-2-6 now. They do that same thing with their offense as well. They will adjust their scheme relative to personnel and not just here's our system you have to run it this way they'll they'll do it that way morgan asking what running backs do i expect to Ole miss to have next year Ely to the nfl snoop transferring i I keep seeing maybe snoop connor just wants to to be but people said he was going to transfer last year and people are saying it this year and maybe he does I, i don't know but um what was he First or second in the SEC in touchdowns, I mean, the, the carries were distributed basically evenly. And, you know, maybe he wants to be a 20-carry-a-game guy and, and go somewhere else to do that. Uh, 
may, maybe he does. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Ely's talented enough to play in the L, in the NFL right now. But I don't know if it would be financially worth it. And maybe he just wants to go. I, that's the That room at Ole Miss is something I'm fascinated by. Because I think Snoop Connor is the most complete back in the group. And I think Snoop Connor can be on an NFL roster next year. To me, if it was just me pulling the strings, I think Snoop Connor would be the one that would declare for the NFL before Ely. I think he's more complete. Uh, that's just me. I don't know where he would get picked. Probably late, but I think he would get picked. He, he's, he would test really well. And when you watch his film, his numbers don't like jump off the page at you. But when you watch him run, that guy's going to play at the next level. Um, for Ely, I think he could benefit from having another year. Uh, he's explosive, and he can be everything that an NFL team wants. But to me, I don't think he's consistent enough yet. Maybe that doesn't matter. But running backs generally don't get drafted all that high. Teams aren't really willing to invest in them. I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated. I, honestly, I don't know. That's a, I don't know the answer to your question, to tell you the truth. I don't know the answer to your question. Um, I, I think transferring away from this offense as a running back would kind of be a silly thing to do. But also, I think Zach Evans being brought in to visit and seemingly being their favorite tells you that somebody's leaving. Whether it be declaring for the NFL or transferring, somebody in that room, I think it's clear, is leaving. You know, what, what, what is the, the most likely explanation for why Zach Evans is being heavily recruited by Ole Miss? Because they're going to have a spot open up in that running back room. I just don't know who it's going to be. Brian, yeah, I thought, man, you're exactly right. It, it's like it, it's like they save him as a closer in baseball. That's how they've used Snoop. It's a, a fresh-legged Snoop Connor against a defense that is trying to get off the field uh, three and a half quarters into a football game. He's just like a battering ram. But the thing is, that's not all he is. You know, he's so complete. It, he's not just physical. He is physical, and he'll punish you, but that's not all he is. It's physicality met with, Good speed and elusiveness and good vision. He's a really good back. He's the most complete back in that room. And he will be on an NFL team if he chooses. If he wants to play in the NFL, he can be on a roster next year. Absolutely he can. And be effective next year. Joseph saying, a lot of Ole Miss talk today. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm just uh, wondering where you State fans are at. Joseph saying, this running back system of Ely, Parrish, and Connor all work and it gets them to the NFL with less tread on the tires. It's a good point. It's a, it's a big benefit. Said so saying Snoop is Brandon Bolden-like. Bolden has had a nice NFL career. I think Snoop's ceiling is higher, but that's a good point. Uh, Bolden, Bolden has been in the NFL for as long as he is, or as long as he has been. Uh, a lot of it has, has to do with character. Obviously, he's a good athlete. Bad athletes don't make it in the NFL, but he has clearly found his niche and it's perfect for him and where he is. He's a willing special teams guy, a really, really good at special teams. And when he's in the game, he makes good plays. He he understands his responsibility. He's a good, like good guy, like good locker room guy, good person. 
So when you're a good dude and you're a good locker room guy and you are perfectly uh, fine and happy working your tail off in special teams, and then when you get carries, you execute, you know the system, I mean, you're going to be in the NFL forever, and that's Brandon Bolden. I mean, he's he's a perfect roster guy. He'll never be a starting running back in the league. There's some limitations there. But he's got that, whatever you want to call it, in the locker room, willing to do the little stuff right, and that'll keep you on a roster for as long as you can play. And that's been him in New England. Yeah, Tucker, I, I think he's going to – I think he will go to the NFL. Uh, that would be my advice to him. Would he be an early-round draft pick? No, no, he wouldn't. But he's just come off another year where he is highly effective in the SEC, and he's healthy. But at, remember, at the end of the bowl – or at the end of the Egg Bowl, he got hurt. So – but generally, he's healthy. Nothing – as far as I know, nothing devastating. Um my advice to him would be to go. That would be my advice to him, is to, to go to the NFL now. Um, because all it takes is one bad cut next year, and your stock just completely plummets. And he won't be an early-round guy or anything, but that would be my advice. If you're a running back with a little bit of tread on your tires, but you have great film and you'll measure well, I would go, but that's just me. Heard some rumors from Louisiana on a show this morning of Miles Brennan enrolling at Southern Miss. Thoughts on that possibility? I don't know if he fits in Will Hall's offense. Uh, he's he's just not the not really an effective runner. I'm curious as to. I'm going to try to find out more about that because he he's not a he's not a runner. Uh, and as far as I understand it, Will Hall's offense will or has used an athletic quarterback. And that's what they were going to do this year. Uh, that's interesting. You know, I there was a thought that he may look at Ole Miss even, or Ole Miss may look at him, but I have a feeling he would be down on the list. What what's interesting about that is like State, for example, Brown Yeti, you're here. Glad to see you. Glad one of you's hanging on. Uh, for state, they don't have to worry about this. You know, they've got their quarterback next year all good. So quarterback stuff is you know a non-issue for you. Um, but for Ole Miss, most people seem to believe that Dylan Gabriel is tied to Jeff Levy. Well, what happens if Caleb Williams stays at Oklahoma? Well, Dylan Gabriel's not going to go to Oklahoma. So would he still be on Ole Miss's radar? Or if let's say Levy leaves and his replacement is Graham Harrell. Well, does Jackson Dart or Keaton Slovis come with Graham Harrell to Oxford? A lot of moving parts here right now. A lot of, a lot of shifting stuff going on right here. Brown Yeti doesn't like that uh, State got Texas Tech because I'll have to be 70-30 for the game. Oh, no. Oh, man. Uh, there's the obvious storyline, though. I mean, these, these bowl games get cheeky sometimes, and obviously Texas Tech fired Mike Leach and refused to pay his buyout and he sued him for it. And so you've got that storyline there. Uh, it's a game that state should win. I, I know I, I've seen some state fans that are not exactly jazzed up about going to Memphis and the same, I, I've, I've said this five times now, whatever. If you're a state fan, go because it's an easy trip and you can have fun and you can eat well in Memphis. Go. Why not? And you're probably going to win the game, or at least you should. You should win this game. 
So you can go watch your team play in a game that they probably should win. It's a short drive. You can eat great. You can drink great. If you got kids, you've got an amazing zoo there and, and have a good time. Memphis is a good time. Don't listen to people that tell you otherwise. You can have a good time in Memphis. I would encourage you to go. You should win this game. You should be better than Texas Tech. And I think you are. You should be. And so go. Have fun. William's asking, how about the JSU crowds and Coach Prime has brought in this season? Nice seeing that stadium full once again. Man, it's incredible, right? Again, I, I'm, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Ask my wife. I'm very repetitive. I say the same things over and over. But sometimes I, I feel like certain things like this bear repeating. I understand why the Celebration Bowl exists. I certainly, I, I get it now. I've read up on it. I understand. But could you imagine what that stadium would be like for a playoff game? With a trip to the national championship on the line. I mean, Jackson State won every game they played except for their one FBS opponent. And they should have won that game, by the way. They would make noise in the playoffs. I understand why they, they choose to not participate in the playoffs I understand it but I grew up going to FCS playoff football and it's incredible it's so much fun uh, I mean having so James Madison or well they're moving up uh, Tennessee Chattanooga East Tennessee State South Dakota Sam Houston uh, whoever playing at that stadium with that crowd, which is a ma- an incredible crowd in that stadium with a birth to the national championship on the line, that would just make every, I mean, that would be so much better. That would be so much better. Morgan saying, I love J.R.P. John Rice Plumley, but man, if he would have went to Southern Miss, he would be killing it. He would. If he wants to play professional football, though, he'll stay at Ole Miss and learn how to become a wide receiver. Because quarterback's not unless he just wants to play quarterback so bad and then he doesn't care what happens after college, he needs to stay at Ole Miss and work on being a wide receiver because quarterback is not in his professional future. Wide receiver can be. Quarterback's not. Yeah, Joseph, it's almost as if people that were discrediting Bill Belichick for only being a a system coach, the same way people were just discrediting Brady as being a system quarterback, both of those people were stupid and wrong. I mean, oh, Brady's just a system quarterback. Well, he goes to Tampa, wins the Super Bowl. Oh, Belichick, oh, he, he's not good without Brady. Oh, it took him a year to rebuild. A bad roster, and now he's at tops of his conference again. It's almost like he's a really freaking good coach, and Brady, Belichick's the greatest coach, and Brady's the greatest quarterback. And separate of, they, of, of each other, they're still great. Tucker says a lot of people were against the transfer portal, but this stuff is fun. I love it, man. I I think it's great for college football because programs like Mississippi State and Ole Miss, Mississippi State's best wide receiver was a transfer this year. They're good. They've got offensive line problems. They've got guys leaving the offensive line, including a first-round left tackle. The portal will help them reduce the pain of losing those guys. Ole Miss rebuilt their defense the Second worst defense in college football in a year because of the transfer portal. Low, I mean, yes, Alabama got Henry 2020, and, and you know, these top programs are still going to get good transfers, but the the middle programs are really going to benefit from this. And you're right, it's fun. And 
I mean, I'm just not going to engage in the, oh, it teaches kids bad lessons. People say that. I saw somebody that's in, that's in sports talk radio talk about that, that uh, the transfer portal is teaching bad lessons to kids, that uh, it's teaching them not to stick things out, but teaching them to leave for opportunities elsewhere instead of creating their own opportunities. And then you click on this person's bio and you see where they currently are doing sports talk radio. And then they have four other previous different markets and stops listed in their Twitter bio. So the same person that has job hopped market to market to market to find better opportunities is criticizing a college kid for looking for a better opportunity. It's just rich. It's rich. People change jobs all the time. All the time. People get a new relationships. Like, did you all marry the first girl you ever dated? Are you all working at the same job you've ever worked? No. If a better opportunity presents itself to you, you take it in your adult life. So why is it a problem when a quarterback's like, wait, shoot, I'm third on the depth chart, man. I kind of want to play. Let me go here. I'll play. When you in your professional life would, shoot, that job over there pays two times more than what I'm currently getting. Let me apply for that job. I want to work there. What lesson does it teach other than this is how life works? I just, I find that it's hypocritical. It's completely hypocritical. These, this guy that had been market hopping for better opportunities, criticizing a college kid for transferring once. What a joke. Brown says, yeah, bright side is we can watch state and tech at the same time and be home that same day. Nice. That sounds like a good day. Sounds like a good day. John saying I should work for the anybody chamber of commerce. If you can't have fun in. Honestly, that'd be a great marketing campaign. It'd go viral. Visit Memphis. If you can't have fun here, that's a you problem. Sign me up. How good will Golden State be when Clay gets back? I don't even, I, I can't even fathom. <sighs> Steph Curry is so stupid good. Uh, it, it's it's frustrating because, you know, my team plays his a couple times a year. I, I, I loathe when New Orleans has to play Golden State. I loathe it because of how good he is. Brian says, I think programs with great culture will keep the players they want and benefit from bringing players in from the portal. Exactly. And it's it's worked out in this state this year. Worked out big time. The rest of the bowl games, by the way, we already know, like we talked about on Saturday, that Ole Miss is playing Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. Excited for the matchup. It should be a lot of fun. It's the Sugar Bowl, after all. Baylor's a really good team. They just won the Big 12. And uh, Mississippi State, Texas Tech, the storylines there are, are more exciting than the game. Again, I think this is a game that State should win, and it, it should be a comfortable win. You should be better than that of Texas Tech, so for whatever that's worth. Uh, the Peach Bowl is Michigan State-Pittsburgh. That one could be fun. Kenny Pickett going up against that defense. Two guys that are probably going to be invited to the Heisman ceremony going at it with uh, Kenny Walker and Kenny Pickett. The Fiesta Bowl is something Notre Dame and Oklahoma State the Rose Bowl Ohio State and Utah that's going to be a hell of a football game right there and then you know the uh the sugar is Baylor and Ole Miss again remarkably stupid that the 
playoff games are on New Year's Eve. I'm kind of a ratings nerd. I, I love television ratings. That, that's something that I'm just I'm fascinated in. I think I have a pretty decent understanding of it. And these games being on New Year's Eve is going to lead to a bad ratings number. It'll be it'll be good. It, the most watched college football game so far this year. But what is everybody doing on New Year's Eve? They're going to parties. They're out. They're group watching if they're even watching these games. So the ratings number for this is going to be bad. It's a bad decision. People have things that they do on New Year's. There are There's other stuff going on. People will watch the Good Morning America or whatever live from Times Square. They'll They'll go out. They'll have a super nice dinner and do the five-course thing that restaurants all over town will do, and they'll go out, and they won't watch these games. The casual observer will not watch on December 31st. New Year's Day is the best time for a college football game to happen, and they're conceding that to the access bowls instead of the playoff. It's really stupid. The ratings number is going to hurt because of it. I don't know why they haven't learned that already when they've seen this exact thing happens. In the playoff era, New Year's Eve games watched by fewer people than New Year's Day games. It's so simple. People have things to do on New Year's Eve. On New Year's Day, they're hungover, and they just want to lay on their couch, and they'll put football on. It's so simple, and yet they make it so complicated. In the Texas Bowl, you have Kansas State and LSU. In the Citrus Bowl, you have Iowa and Kentucky. So these projections uh, were holding pretty strong. The Outback's going to be pretty compelling. Penn State and Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. Uh, other SEC. Wake Forest and Texas A&M can be fun in the Gator Bowl. Really good quarterback play with Sam Hartman and Wake Forest anyway. Broster pretty favors A&M, but quarterback play favors Wake Forest in that one. Uh, Purdue, Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. I'm watching. North Carolina, South Carolina, they got that one right in the projections. That's the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Oklahoma and Oregon in the uh, Alamo Bowl. That could be fun, just depending. Uh, let's see. We already know Liberty Bowl, Mississippi State, and Texas Tech. That's December 28th, by the way. Um, middle of the week, but it is at night, so it's easy for you guys, or at least it should be. Uh, Houston-Auburn in the Birmingham Bowl. Kind of something. Should be a great crowd there anyway. Uh, let's see. Is that everybody? Florida-UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl. Yep, just like the projections. Missouri playing Army in the Armed Forces Bowl. Okay. Army's going to run all over Missouri, all freaking over Missouri. I bet Army wins that game. That's my early pick. Is that it? Is that it for the SEC? I think so. Yep, that's it. All right. So there, there are your bowl games all nice and laid out for you. All nice and laid out for you. Yeah, JUCO's uh, – I don't think the portal will kill JUCO. Um. A lot of these kids, sadly, are going to wind up with no places to go. You might see JUCO, as Brian says, you might see JUCO benefiting. Fewer high school kids will get D1 scholarships. FCS schools will suffer the most. They won't get the D1 transfer that went FCS to avoid sitting out a year in the past. Although with a lot of these kids, they won't have places to go. There will be more players in the portal than spots available. Places like my Furman, anyway, uh, I, sh I should call Coach Hendricks and say, hey, uh, you should be recruiting the portal really freaking hard because you can't get D1 talent, obviously, uh, but you can because there's going to be some guys that were like, you know, backup wide receivers at Tulane 
that wanted to hit the portal and nobody wanted him because he was a backup wide receiver at Tulane and he will immediately become the most talented player on your roster. Go get portal guys, coach. So it might help them after all. Might help them after all. So good stuff there. Good stuff. Uh, Committee got it right. Bowl games are exciting and fun. We still have some coaching carousel news out there. Miami is a disaster. I hope they lose every game they play after some of the reporting that's come out over the last couple of days, especially with how they're going to fund all these uh, buyouts and salaries and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's pretty, pretty gross, and I hope Miami loses every game they play because they're handling this terribly, and they don't deserve it to work out. Anyway. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Don't forget to subscribe while you're here to the YouTube channel, Michael Borky on YouTube. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, and I appreciate you guys. See, these comments, man, this is so much more fun uh, when when you guys drive the conversation. So that's hopefully as more of you subscribe and stuff like that. That will kind of be what this is, I hope, is you guys driving the conversation. That's what I want. I'll come in with a plan, a small one anyway, but I want it to be about you. So anyway. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.